This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. Ooh, I'm glad you made it out. I don't know about you, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed what we just did. You know, and I believe that's why we still have Wednesday night services that we just need to come here and praise God and worship Him and Sometimes instead of knocking the rust off of us, we're just knocking the things of the world. Whether you had a good day, bad day, sad day today, God'll still touch your life. Well, we welcome you. If you need a Bible, you can raise your hand or ushers will get you the Word of God. Once you get your Bible, go with me to the book of Matthew 6. We are in our tithes and offerings here to start with. So Matthew 6. If you're watching by live stream, we welcome you. We welcome you and as they're getting the Bible and you're going to Matthew 6. Um, if you haven't eaten tonight after the service, if you want to go by Panda out at 82nd in Milwaukee, all that, just tell them you're with Faith Church and there's a portion of those proceeds that will go to the marriage retreat. And if you're married and you haven't signed up to go, you still have time. We would welcome you, okay? Just going to be really, really life-changing, I believe. So... If you need more info, go to the information center on that. And then uh, we're having water baptisms this Sunday. If you are desiring to be water baptized, we're going to make that available. You just need to go out here and sign up for that. Okay. We begin Mar uh, Matthew 6, verse 19. And the Lord Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. All the treasures that... We put all, all our stock into here on earth. Why does he say that? Where moth and rust destroy, or they will eventually destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. So they're going to begin to lose their value anyhow. Verse 20. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, when we talk about treasures in heaven, those are things that'll be eternal, okay? Those are things that'll never end. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, that verse is often misquoted. Many times we say, where your heart's at, that's where your treasure will be, but that's not what he said. He said, where your treasure at is where your heart will be. So literally, you see right here that your heart has the tendency to follow your treasure. Your, your heart will pursue what, what you value with your treasures. And so I, I think it's real interesting that the Lord Jesus says this. And so just for a brief minute here, what's your treasure? What's your treasure? And whatever that is, you might as well get ready. That's, that's where your heart's gonna go. And so, you know, if you've never played the stock market and all of a sudden you start playing the stock market, and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but when you start playing the stock market, what do you start doing? You start following it every day because it's important as if I, I won or lost. Well, what would happen if we had that mentality even with the things of heaven? Where we said, man, God, I, I, I got I to get my treasures invested here in the, the things of heaven right here on earth. So you know what that is implying? It's about people. The most important resource in heaven's people. So your treasures are to impact people. So I say thank you. Thank you for being givers here. Why don't you pray with me? 
Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. We thank you. Lord, we ask that our treasures would be for your glory and your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you right now for everything you've blessed us with. But Lord, we also ask that you would touch our hearts to be kingdom investors in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord for the snow is wonderful moisture. You know, a little colder. I had something happen to me recently that my wife was in my little pickup and she asked me, she said, how do you like your steering wheel warmer? Any of you got a steering wheel warmer on your car? It's the will of God, I promise you. But she said, how do you like your steering wheel warmer? And I looked at her and I said, I didn't know I had a steering wheel warmer. And she said, just that little button. <laughs> and so, man, I have just thoroughly enjoyed that thing. So I, I have said numerous times in the last two days, thank you, Lord Jesus, for blessing me with a steering wheel warmer. And so sometimes I think just stuff we overlook on a day-to-day -day basis, man, we just need to be appreciative of those things. Go with me to the book of John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and we'll put some, the Word of God within us tonight. You know, as you're, you're turning there to John 20, God gives me these God thoughts, and I, I love when God does those, but a while back I was just thinking about the Word of God, about just how good the Word of God is. I, 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 I don't know about you, I, I love the Word of God. I'm just, God, I just... And so Jesus said in John 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus gives us the analogy and, man, I mean, we could go around the room and talk about all the foods we enjoy. And, man, whether it's a meat, it's a dessert, a vegetable, a fruit. And we all just love, we, we got these appetites. And God was saying, you, you can have those same appetites for my word. And I got to really thinking about the word of God. And so when we eat food, food to our natural body, what does it do? It, it gives us the vitamins. It gives us the proteins. It, it gives us the nutrients. Everything we need for a healthy body. But, you know, there are certain foods that we eat. And they can give you energy just like that. And the Lord said, my word's no different than that. And so I, I get in the word at times and I'll say, Lord, I, 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 need, some, I need some Bible vitamins today. I need some vitamin minerals today. And I was dragging a little bit this afternoon, and I just said, Lord, get, give me a little taste of your, your Bible energy. Inject the Word of God in me. And so it, it just becomes everything of our life, the Word of God. It instructs us. It teaches us. And so pray, pray that. And so that's, that's why I pray tonight that you'll get a hold of the Word of God here. John chapter 20 and I'm going to set the table a little bit. The Lord Jesus has died on the cross. He's, he's risen from the dead just recently in this passage we're going to read. Now, when we talk about Jesus dying on the cross and being risen from the dead, remember throughout his three plus years that he was with his disciples, 
he warned them over and over and over and over. In other words, he gave the disciples the play-by-play. And he said, fellas, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to die, but I'm telling you, in three days, I'm going to rise. So we pick up here, John 20, verse 17. And Jesus said to her, now he's speaking to this woman, Mary Magdalene. And he said to her, do do not cling to me. Now, when I, I read this, and I thought, okay, what's going on here? Well, Mary was hanging on to Jesus. And it's like she was hanging on to him like, I'm not going to let you get away from me again. And so the Lord Jesus responds to her and says, for I've not yet ascended to my father. In other words, I I haven't gone to heaven yet. I'm still here. But he said, go out to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and my God and, and your God. And so he says, go and tell my disciples this good news. I'm still around. Verse 18, so Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Now, the Bible doesn't tell again their reactions, their facial expressions when she says this, but I've I've got some thoughts. And I think, I wonder if they looked at her and thought, this, this is a crazy woman. She, she, she is ill loco. I mean, she's loco, she's crazy. Do you, do you really expect us to believe that? Verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut. So, This would be Sunday evening. And if you read many translations, the disciples had the doors locked. I mean, they had them locked. Why? Okay, we keep reading. For fear of the Jews. So so they were terrified that the things that the Jews had done to Jesus, they were going to do that to them. So they're all locked up in their house. And it says, and Jesus came and stood in the midst. I don't know if you've ever really read into this or not. But remember, the doors were locked. And so it shows me here that doors locked don't keep Jesus out. He can get in if he wants to, okay? He's supernatural. And so he goes in, and in the midst he said... Peace be with you. And so he he informs them about the peace of God. Peace be with you. In other words, it's going to be okay, fellas. And and think about this. I I remember the times in Jesus' life in those three plus years he was with them. Remember when they were on the middle of the ocean and they're all freaking out. We're about to drown. And what does Jesus say? Peace be still. So was Jesus giving them a little refresher course? Because the night that he said, peace be still to the wind, what happened? It got still. So Jesus is reassuring them just like he reassures us. Peace. Peace, fellas. Verse 20. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sides 
Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So he shows them his hands and his side. And I believe he's telling them, it's really me, fellas. You're not imagining this. This is really me. And you know, one day, me and you, we'll, we'll see his scars. And his scars are re, 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 uh, eternal reminders for every one of us. And his scars give us the reason to praise him. But another thing about the scars in Jesus, he'll be the only person in heaven with scars. And it will be a reminder to me and you day by day by day the sacrifice and the, the price he paid for us. And so, man, I looked at this and I thought, golly, that's good, Lord. The scars of Jesus. So we keep reading. Verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Now, they must be freaking out about stuff still. And so he reminds them one more time, peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And so he, he puts them on this kingdom mission right here. And the word sent means he commissioned them. He set them apart. But when Jesus commissions us and sets us apart, he, he equips us. He helps us. He's not just going to send you out there. He's going to be with you. Keep reading. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus at this moment, he was preparing them for what's going to come. And remember, the Holy Spirit wasn't given until after he ascended into heaven. So he's given them a little sample of what's going to come. And I believe, you know what he's telling them? Don't, don't do ministry without the Holy Spirit. And I believe he still tells us that. He emphasized the Holy Spirit to them. Verse 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And so right here, he, he's telling them, preach the, the truth as far as eternal salvation or eternal damnation. It's going to be one or the other. Don't back off. So he's instructing them. Now we get to where it's going to get really good. Verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. Now, I'm reading this, and you know, Thomas, he was one of the disciples. But Jesus shows up, and, and he's not there. Now, this would be the ultimate to me to being feel left out. And you, you talk about being, being left out. Man, I, I, I miss the Lord Jesus. Verse 25. Then the other disciples said to him, We've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. Now, kind of within that, I, I get there saying, you missed it, pal. We saw him. And he breathed on us. 
and he told us all the things that are coming, but you missed out, buddy. Now, when they say that to him, that we've seen Jesus and he told us all these things and he breathed on us, look at Thomas's response. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. They said, I won't believe. He, he, he refused to believe it. So I'm looking at this and, you know, you find out in this thing called life, sometimes your faith begins to fade. And sometimes we have the thought, we hear things, but we really want to see those things. And so at this point in his life, this guy named Thomas this is where he gets the nickname Doubting Thomas. So I read that, and again, we put ourselves in the story, and, and I hear his nickname Doubting Thomas, but I don't believe that's a fair appraisal to him. Because when you study the scriptures, if you go back to John 11, Jesus was going into a very hostile area, and you know what he said? Thomas, Thomas said, hey, fellas, Let's go and die with him. Let, let's go and die with him. So I, I don't know what they call him as Doubting Thomas is, is a fair appraisal. But, but I do know this as believers, we, we live in different seasons of life. And what I mean by that, sometimes we are extremely spiritually strong. And then other times we become spiritually deflated. Did anybody ever experience that? Yes. Every one of us have. And so when I, I read that, understand, you're not missing God because you don't always live on the mountain. Sometimes we live in the valley. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. And you know, you go back and you look at what King David said in Psalm 23. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even King David had some times in his life that weren't good. And I believe in this area right here, this may locate our faith and help us. Even with Thomas in this season of his life. Verse 26. And after eight days, so it would be a week on a Monday, his disciples were again on the inside, and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut, and he stood in the midst, and he said, peace to you. Now, a couple things again. They're in there, and the doors are locked again. And somehow, Jesus shows up again. And we know this is the third time, verse 19, verse 21 in this verse, that he gets over in peace. And so I don't know the things in your life right now that you're, you're terrified with. You may say there's something, man, that just seems to grip me of fear. Man, welcome the peace of God. Ask God to grace you with his peace. Lord, grace me, grace me with peace. You know, I was on an airplane one time and 
I sat down by a person, and I'm telling you, that, they were terrified on, about dying. The plane was going to crash. And I could tell it really gripped them. And so I just leaned over and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be okay. It's, it's going to be okay. I said, if you're okay, I, I'll, I'll pray. I said, I pray before I fly. And I said, is it okay if I pray? And they went. And I thought, well, even if you went this, I'm still going to pray. So, hey, you're in a no-win situation. But I realized, you know what? There, it was real to that person. And so the peace of God. So this time, Jesus goes there, and Thomas is there. We read, Thomas is there, so it shows me a couple things. They didn't kick him out of being a disciple, and he didn't quit. But he's there, and so I begin to think, the Bible doesn't tell us when Jesus came the first time where Thomas was at. And so... We don't, we don't know if he was out running an errand. I don't know if he was out getting food for the other ones. We don't know. But I don't believe it was his fault that he wasn't there the first time. And a lot of times we get in this thing I believe called bondage because we think this is my fault and the things of my life that are going on, it's all my fault. No, there's things that take place in every one of our lives. It's not your fault. And, and what I mean by that, I've seen people that come from crazy, crazy, dysfunctional families. And they say, it's my fault. No, it's not your fault. Maybe you had a, a, a dad leave you. It's not your fault. Maybe a mother left you. It's not your fault. And so there's things that happen to us in our life that are not a product of our choices, but sometimes they're a product of other people's choices. And again, it doesn't say at all why he wasn't there, but I've always wondered why he was there because when they, they said to him, Jesus came and basically accused him of missing it, they act like it was his fault. Don't, don't let those things keep you down in this life, Okay. Don't, don't let those things bother you. So he goes on to say here in verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, he strolls in and he says to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and t reach your hand in here and put it into my side. Now, Jesus Response to Thomas's unbelief with grace. I want you to get this, guys. He wasn't trying to beat Thomas up. Sometimes this is how I believe this is portrayed. I believe he, he's, he's speaking to him with grace. He wasn't hard on Thomas. He wasn't ridiculing Thomas. But if you look at what took place here, the Lord Jesus gave Thomas exactly what he said. What did he say? Look back at verse 25. And he said, unless I see his hands in the print of his nails, and I put my finger in the print of his nails and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. So if you look at that, Jesus gave to Thomas 
exactly what he needed right here. And you know what I believe Jesus was doing? Jesus was saying to him, Thomas, I want to help you believe. Why do I say that? Because look at the end right here. He said, Thomas, don't be unbelieving, but be believing. And so it was like Jesus was encouraging him. He said, come on, Thomas. I, I want to help you believe here. Wow. I want to help you believe. Verse 28. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord, my God. What a profound statement. What a profound confession. I mean, he was like, my Lord, my God. And you know what I believe he was saying right there? Th thank you, Lord Jesus, for believing in me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Verse 29. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet still believe. Now, Jesus wasn't correcting Thomas here again, but he was accepting Thomas's condition where he was at right there. Now, this is the part that got real interesting to me. All of us in here have a bunch of Thomas in us. That's not a bad thing. Why do I say all of us have a bunch of Thomas in us? I, I want you to go back, same chapter, back to verse number 20. I have never seen this until recently. And I tied this together, and I'm telling you, I got so blessed. Look at this. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands, his side. Who did he show his hands and his side to? The other 11 disciples. Jesus appears to them and he shows them the very same thing that he ends up showing Thomas. But because he wasn't there the first time, they acted like, we're, we're so much more spiritual than you, pal. But the truth of the matter is, we're all Thomases. How do I know that? Because if all 12 of the disciples who lived with Jesus day by day and they heard Jesus day by day say, I'm going to rise in from the grave in three days. And when he did, it still freaked them out. See, the things in the Bible sometimes that freak you. Sometimes you look at the Bible and say, how is that, Father God? What would happen if you just got over to Thomas and say, Lord, grace me. Grace me with some fresh faith today. Grace me to be strong. So you know what Jesus was telling them as all this? Everything I told you when I was with you, it took place. So you can go to the bank on what I've said. You can live the rest of your life by just trusting what I said. And so sometimes in our life, and it's like, Lord, I, I, I really need to see those things. So one of the verses that this cross-references are, and let's go there real quick, is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
You've got to see this. And many of you will begin to see the, the truth of the Bible in these areas. Matthew, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5. It says, now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. He's not giving us empty hope, okay? I love the word there. He has prepared us for the very good thing. And he said, I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in this. Verse 6. So we are always confident. So I can live confident? Well, according to the Bible, you can live confident. I'm always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And so when you see the word confident, some translations will say, he's going to give you full courage. I, I can live with full courage that Jesus is going to do exactly what he says. But this is the next verse that you got to see. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And remember what Jesus said to Thomas. He said, Thomas, you believe because you've seen, but blessed are those who've never seen and still believe. And so now we come back here and said, we walk by faith and not by sight. So you know what he's just telling us? We must learn to live by the word of God. But just as real as the Lord Jesus was to the disciples there, that's how he wants us to be with the word of God, where you can look and say, I can trust the word of God. I, I can trust what he said. I, I can believe God. I, I can believe this Bible. And so we know the, the things of faith as far as Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more of the word of God I'm going to get, we talk about our faith growing, but you know what it really is? My trust that God and the Lord Jesus, they're going to do exactly what they said they're going to do. And so we get born again, we get saved. But let me ask you something. Have any of you ever, ever seen Jesus physically? Maybe you have, I haven't. I'm not against it. So you're telling me, every one of us in here that are born again, we're born again on a someone named the Lord Jesus who I've never seen physically or touched physically. So how'd that happen? Well, I heard the teaching on the Bible one day, and the Bible began to take residence in my heart, and I began to think, you know what? I'm going to have to step out by faith and do this. I'm going to actually ask the Lord Jesus to come into my heart, but I've never shook his hand. The Lord Jesus has physically never given me his business card and said, hey, pal, you ought to really believe me and receive. So I go back to all this and I think, what would happen if we just begin to believe the word of God? Every bit of it like that. When Jesus says to us, the peace of God which surpasses your understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What would happen if I just say, I receive that? And so we know the scriptures tell us over and over to have childlike faith. Well, what is childlike faith? Well, any of you ever had children, you know that on Monday you tell them, when Friday comes, 
We're going to go out and get an ice cream. You know what your child thinks? We're going out on ice cream. On Friday, we're going to eat ice cream. There's no doubting. And Daddy said or Mama said. We're... They don't question it. They just receive it and believe it. And I think these are the areas of our life where the Lord is moving toward us. So don't get distracted. Don't get moved by the, the things that are happening. Lord, help me right now. I welcome you. Why don't you stand up here? Oh, Thomas faith, huh? I quit calling him Doubting Thomas. I thought that's, that's not true. He wasn't Doubting Thomas any more than we are. Feel comfortable. Come on, let's raise our hands here to heaven. Father God, we stand before you tonight. And Lord, you told us in the scriptures to, to walk by faith and not by sight. And we ask you to grace us in this area. And Father God, the areas in our life that we struggle with, just like Thomas, that you graced his, his faith and his believing. And Lord, I know there's many right now that are having obstacles and circumstances, situations that some have written all over them impossible. But God, we thank you. You're the God that takes impossible and makes it possible. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.